Carter pulls it back, throws, has Juju Smith-Schuster. What a start to the night. One play, bang, touchdown Steelers. And the Bears have it. It's a fumble and a takeaway. Eddie Jackson going the other way for the Chicago touchdown. Balls Don't Lie podcast. Let's go. Welcome to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, A-N-T-O-N, Anton, along with my co-host, Regular Steven, how's it feel to be a a five-on-five loser? (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you the same thing. (laughs) The outcome is still to be determined, but I'm feeling very confident. Hopefully you guys checked out that episode. The most fun we've had so far, I think, in my opinion. The most laughs, that's for damn sure. For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, like always, uh, follow us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That is Balls with a Z. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please like, share, subscribe, give us feedback. Tell your mama and them, mm-hmm. all your cousins, that yeah. we on air talking this sports stuff because yeah. it's fun and we want to hear from you guys out there. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Regular Steven has has some fan interaction quite a bit uh our next top five show we have a couple listeners that we're gonna address at that time but Mm -hmm. for now today we're gonna talk baseball yeah first time really yeah i touched on it a little bit on the regular steven show yeah but uh yeah kind of the first time we're really we've talked about it you know inadvertently a little bit with uh you know, wanting to go to a Cubs game and talking about some of that kind of stuff. It is interesting. Right now, one of the big storylines in baseball is where's Bryce Harper going to sign? Right. And we currently are getting ready to have uh, Winter Storm Harper come through our area. And <laughs> I blame Bryce Harper for that. <laughs> That's what they're naming it? Yeah, it's, hur- it's Hurricane uh, Winter Storm Harper. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Bryce. Yeah, thanks, Bryce. This is some bullshit out here. <laughs> Why don't you just pick a team already? <laughs> if you're looking out my window, you would feel bad. <laughs> That's for sure. But but uh, we're going to talk baseball in general at its core. It is a very uh, game about tradition, I think. Mm-hmm. Rules don't really change very often. It's a very long, slow sport. And there's a lot of just like unwritten rules and things like that that I like to question. Yeah, and just certain things. And regular Steven, he's a I'm gonna throw the quote signs out here. A specialist on baseball. Yeah, which is probably accurate. Probably your favorite sport. Definitely a favorite sport. Played it the most. Know it the best. Coach it. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I have a few questions, and we'll just go down the line and address them as we go. Yeah. All right. First question. Do they, do they have to play 162 games, bro? <laughs> 162? If I played baseball, I'd be like, bruh, it, this is only game 10? Yeah. <laughs> I've got 152 more to go. It, it does oh, seem a bit gosh. excessive. And I think most people now, even I, I really think they would prefer to shorten it. I, I, maybe players. But see, if you start shortening it, you're talking about owner's money. Now you're talking about players' salaries, you know it all. It all trickles down. It definitely does. Um, so I guess I'd be. I'd. I'd like to ask some players, you know, their thoughts on the 162 game season. But it is funny how after 162 games, when you get to those last three, four games, there's always at least a couple, either a divisional race or like the wild card race, where like it really takes all 162 games to decide yeah. it. Now, obviously, you could shorten it. And, you know, let's say you took it down to 142 or 146 or something. Obviously, you'd still have the same scenario. Right. Um, the thing I always think is funny is when people in, like, early in the season, like, you have a game in May, and your bullpen comes in and blows the game. And everyone's like, well, it's just May. They'll get it straightened out. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, at the end of the year, when you lose the wild card race by one game, you can look back on all those games. Right. They all really do matter. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's no way around it. Uh, they, they matter. Um, it does seem long, though. It's very long. I, I assume that's part of the reason why people don't get into baseball as much because every game, at least you know, when it's presented to you at that time, 
doesn't feel as important like for as a bas- uh, football or basketball. In football, every game really, really matters right. from start to finish. And it feels like that when you're playing that game. Mm-hmm. You can visually think, oh, man, we got to have this victory because in the end of the season, it's probably going to matter. In baseball, shit, you got a, a whole 160 more chances, 161 more chances yeah. to make it up. I, That's what the mentality is, at least. Yeah, I think, I think though, the way you – I think you kind of have to break it down smaller. So, um, so, you know, like in the NFL, you'll hear coaches always talk about quarters. Well, not just the first, yeah. second, third, fourth quarter of a game. The season. But of the season. So, yeah. every four games, you have four a quarter. Games. Well, if you go three and one in every quarter – you're in the playoffs. Playoffs, right. Uh, same thing, you know, with uh, basketball. basketball. You can look at a basketball schedule that way, especially college because they play less games. Um, but baseball, you can kind of break it down the same way. You can break it down, you know, kind of, well, 40 where, games. where are we at before June? Right. Where are we at at the All-Star break? Where are we at at the trade deadline, which is like three weeks later than that? Where are we at by September? And if you start breaking it down, and you can break it down even smaller, if you're just looking at your division race – I think that's kind of how you have to do it mentally is, mm-hmm. you know, you want to win each series. I don't, I, you know, like when we play, like the Reds haven't been very good. So, you know, we let's say we go into a three-game series with the Reds. The one thing you do know, even though, let's say it's the first series of the season, the one thing you do know is when you play bad teams, you can't go one and two in a three-game series. Right. You need to take two. So if you lose that first game of the series, these next two games become very important because if you just go series by series throughout the season, you can look back on those. If you just take two out of three, you're going playoffs. Right. So, I mean, you just kind of have to break it down smaller. Because, yeah, when you look over a 162-game season, it's impossible to – it would be impossible to motivate yourself to watch or play. I think you just have to break it down smaller. Yeah. It is – Man, it just seems so daunting. <laughs> it is. 162 games, golly. Well, I guess until you day. cash that check, though, you'd be like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I'll take this. <laughs> yeah, they get paid the best. Playing the game I want to play and cash yeah. that check yesterday? Okay. Yep. It'll work. All right, uh, another thing, intentional walks. Mm-hmm. Now, fundamentally, I hate it. You know, just if you're a pitcher and you think you're good, no matter who's at the plate, I'm going at you because I think I can strike you out or get you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. Pop it up or hit it on the ground. But as, as, as a rules thing, if there's nobody on first, do I still have to throw all four pitches? No, they've made it now where you don't have to do it at all. Okay. You just get to say he's going to first. Okay. Which I don't – I like that and I don't like it. For time reasons, I like it. Yeah. But for the effort portion, I don't like it. Sure. The only reason they did it was for time for reasons. Time. They're trying to speed up the game, and that's something that is easy to get rid of. And yeah, yeah. So I hate it. <laughs> strategically, there's certain instances where it makes the it makes most sense. sense. You know, if you're walking to get to a pitcher, you know, in the lineup or right. something like that, or Setting somebody up a who's double just, play or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. I understand it. I just hated it. You know, watching Barry Bonds get walked so much on purpose. Right. Like, that's it's crazy to me. And then you don't let him get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Even though he puts up the most staggering numbers and he gets walked two, three times a game, it seems like, on purpose. Another guy right now that walks a lot and just has a crazy on-base percentage, but and he's probably the best player of all time. I would Maybe not. Definitely of my era, I would be comfortable saying he's the best player, but Mike Trout, mm-hmm. um, he's the same thing. Just on-base machine. Right. Walks, takes a lot of walks, and Yeah. Which one is it? Is it Trout or that who takes the first pitch no matter what? It was one player. I can't remember who it was. No, he played for Minnesota. It's like every time he goes to the play, no matter what's going down, he's not. He's just not even thinking about the first pitch. He just wants to see it go by. I'm not sure. And uh, I hate that, by the way. Who is it? I, I hate hitters that do that. Oh, man. It drives me nuts. Uh, it's going to come to me, though. But, yeah, that always cracked me up, too. <laughs> it always cracked me up. It's stupid. Yeah, it is kind of stupid. Statistically, your batting average drops so many points when you're down in the count 0-1. So if you're willing to take that chance and just go, okay. Right. I tell my kids this all the time. You, 
that first pitch, you need to go up to the plate ready to hit. Yeah. It's not that you want to jump on crazy stuff. Now, you do see it go other ways where, like a guy for the Cubs, Albert Almora, he's very notorious for trying to jump on early fastballs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he jumps a little too early at pitches maybe he should have let go. Right. I like the attitude of it, though, because right. sometimes that first pitch might be the best pitch you see in the entire at-bat. So if you go up there and you just take the fatty fastball that's right down the middle just because – and then all the rest of the pitches, all you see is you know maybe some breaking stuff or whatever. You don't, you're just setting yourself up to not have a successful at bat. You just got to go up there, ready to hit those pitches. I mean, you just can't let that. Yeah. I, I I don't understand that. I, I don't know. understand it. I don't either. I mean, the best pitch you're usually going to see is the first one yeah. and the three zero pitch. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So all right, that's cool then. Uh, all right, pitching rotations. We talked about this, you know. The new was it? Is it the Diamondbacks who have the the short? Uh, guess, Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Ray, Okay, yep. the Rays yep. have the short rotation. Um, I, I I mean I understand it, but being designated a middle reliever and a closer, it kind of seems disrespectful to me. I mean, obviously your play determines where they're going to put you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a pitcher in the league, you feel like you should be able to start all the time. If you're a closer, you're only good for one inning. Like that's it. Just seems it seems trash to me. If you're a pitcher, but I understand it. But hey, like, come on, you're a closer. You're dominant for three outs. That's all you get. Right. That's just trash to me. <laughs> yeah. But I understand it. I do in a strategical way. Right. But, Right. Well, and some guys get put into those roles based on how they can stay healthy. You know, there are there have been a number of pitchers who were starters and became relievers mm-hmm. because of not being able to keep the arm healthy. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times going to the bullpen uh, helps them extend their career or even just get a career back that they couldn't get from staying healthy. Right. Um, and then another thing you have to remember, too, think of pitching the same way as anything else where – Okay, at the end of the game, um, in basketball, there's going to be certain guys on your team that you want to have the ball in their hands at the end of the game. Right. Because they have that mentality or the right mindset to be able to be successful in high leverage. They call it high leverage situations where um, I guess you could just call it more stressful situations situations. late in the game, key times, guys on base, stuff like that. There's going to be guys that are going to shine in those moments more than others. They're going to be able to execute their pitches regardless of what's going on on the field and what kind of situation they come into, they've proven that they can execute their pitches on a higher percentage rate than maybe some other guys. Um, So really, I mean, there are a number of strengths and physical limitations and all kinds of things like that that um, play into kind of how these guys get designated, whether it's starter, reliever, closer, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like everybody in the bullpen is working to be a closer. Unless you're like a long reliever guy. But if you're just like a guy that's coming in seventh, eighth inning for one inning, your goal is to – you're considered a setup man. Set well, you're trying to get to – you're trying to get a promotion to closer. I mean, that's that's what they're all working for. If you're a long reliever, you're kind of falling under a different classification. They sometimes use those guys when they need a spot start. Uh, maybe a guy has – you know, goes on the 10-day DL, can't make a start. Mm-hmm. So they might use uh, – Cubs do this with Mike Montgomery all the time. He's a long reliever. He'll give you three, four innings. We've used him to close. Um, but he's started a lot of games for the Cubs as well. So you do – yeah, you have a lot of guys that are versatile. Um, but baseball, just as much as anything, maybe more. Um, creatures of habit. Um, yeah, definitely and creatures so, of habit. you know, finding ways to be successful in multiple scenarios when they get – so zoned in on being successful and just making sure that they're successful in a set parameter of like what kind of scenarios they could possibly come into. You throw them into a whole different scenario and it just changes. It changes. It changes everything. I can understand that. It just, it just, it just, I don't know. It just messes with me. See a closer who's especially, you know, the dominant closers who's a Chapman, mm-hmm. Chapman and all them. Like, if you're that nice, you should be able to put in more than just one inning. Well, and he did. In playoff time, they do. You'll see closers go three innings sometimes. You know, Chapman was doing – when we won the World Series, uh, by the end of it, Chapman was just spent. He got way overused. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll see his effectiveness did go down. Probably go down. So, I mean, they – you know, they're they're gaming. You know, he he was all about doing it, just 
to just help the team physically but, hold up. But it's it's just so out of their routine. Right. So it's it's hard for them. Okay. All right. Well, I guess on to the next one. Yeah. Umpire strike zones. Mm-hmm. I think the most frustrating thing about baseball is strike zones. I mean, first of all, why does every <laughs> every ump get his own strike zone and then get to change it during the game? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah, because certain guys are known for having a wider strike zone or whatever, um, which it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. A strike is a strike and a ball is a ball. Yeah. That's how you're taught. You right. Know? What really ruined things for the umpires is when the TV stations that broadcast the game started putting the strike zone strike on the zones. screen. Uh-huh. Before that, you wouldn't have as many arguments about it because just looking at it, it's very objective. You know, especially when you're watching a baseball game, there is no camera usually that's absolutely directly behind the pitcher. Right. It's always offset just a little bit, if anything. So you're not really seeing it. The strike zone thing that they have, that's that's where it's killing the umpires. Because there's some where it's like, oh, sorry, the umpire missed that ball by, you know, a half of an inch. Like, you see where some of these balls are going off the plate, and it, it's so close. That thing's coming in so fast. Right. Like, oh, yeah. the fact that they're as close as they are, really, I think is actually amazing. But if, you know, a lot of those pitches where you're like, man, that was off the plate, you wouldn't think that if you didn't have that strike zone in front of your face. And it, you'd notice a player reaction to it, maybe. But some of these where it's close. Now, if it's egregious, that's where you start having issues. But for me, as long as they're, like, around, and it, again, if they stay consistent throughout the game... That's the hardest part. If you have an umpire who's calling low strikes, okay, but you better call them all game. Right. Because otherwise yeah. these guys don't know what they're looking for, and that's when it becomes impossible to hit a baseball. Right. If you don't know what a strike is. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're probably right a little bit on the on – the, as far as like the TV technology actually showing the, the ball path and all that stuff. But even when I was younger, I would watch baseball – and I'd be like, are you freaking blind? You, <laughs> yeah. you did not see that? Yeah. I mean, literally perfect. When the glove don't even move, it's just bang, right there. And you don't call it a strike. I'm like, first of all, you must be old or something that your eyes didn't register that. It used to infuriate me. And then pitchers framing, the, uh, catchers framing the ball. Yeah. That got on my nerves too. I understand yeah. it's a great strategy though. Yeah. These old they actually keep umps. track. That's a stat that they keep track of. They rate catchers on how well they frame pitches. Really? So how many strikes <laughs> do they get called that weren't actually strikes? That's hilarious. And yeah, I mean, it's there's a whole there's a whole thing. I mean, it's it's again it. Baseball is very yeah. Nuanced. It's some of those. Very it's nuanced. some of those. Uh, I won't call it an unwritten rule, but just kind of the general feeling. Now it's starting to change a little bit, but. You always hear people say they love the human element of the umpire because you got people question like, well, why not just have a mechanical, you know, some kind of computerized strike zone that just calls balls and strikes instantly after and have no umpire to call yeah. balls and strikes. I wouldn't like that. No, me neither. I would hate it. I do like the, the human element. And it's not, to me, usually egregious enough where I think, okay, this is out of the scope of what baseball is. These guys have been playing baseball their whole life and their whole life the strike zone has been relative within certain parameters. Mm-hmm. It's depending on whoever's umpiring. That doesn't change. It doesn't change. I don't understand the big complaint from players about the umpires. I don't get it. I think there should the be just a – yeah, definitely hit the damn ball. But should be <laughs> a central strike zone. I don't think their ump should be able to move it at all. You know, it's just – you shouldn't have to worry about who's umping the game, where I'm going to have to throw the ball or where I'm going to have to protect the plate at. Right. You should know where it's going to be, where right. it's supposed to be. Right. But, I mean, I guess it just adds another layer to the game, you know, mm-hmm. testing how good you are as a hitter and a pitcher because you got to hit these spots regardless. Wherever they tell you, even if it's trial by fire during the game, but it should be a central spot. And everybody know where the strike zone is. It's not really that hard. But, right. yeah, 100 miles an hour, you might miss a few. You yeah. Know, I mean, understand that, especially those breaking balls. Yeah. You can't tough. really tell sometimes for a breaking ball, but, you know. 
it is what it is. Yeah. Just another weird thing about baseball. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. Another layer. There's not really many other sports where it's like, you know, basketball. Okay, well, you don't have referees talking about, well, did that shot go in? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. it went in. You can see it. Very Field goals, you can see them. I mean, everything. It's, it's yeah, it's much more human element to it. All right. Well, I'm going to get one more question in, then we're going to go on break. Because the, the last one I want to do is the unwritten rules, because that might be a little longer. Uh, the last one I want to talk about, and it really is just how is it working, is replays in baseball. Um, I know they're trying to shorten games. I'm a, that ain't okay, okay. Yeah, uh, shorten games as much it, as they can. So how is replay helping and maybe negative, negatively affecting baseball at this moment? I think it's helping for the most part, but it does sometimes it actually makes the game more annoying to watch. Like I think on like home runs where you you know you can't clear like some of these parks you go to uh you know the outfield wall usually has a yellow line on top of it or something denoting what would you know where above it would have to be mm-hmm. you know some of these you'll see a ball hit the top of the damn fence and go i mean you don't there's times when you need replay to determine what was a home run or not right it's beneficial there because you, you you need to get those are scoring plays you need to get those right um, these teams getting to have a challenge to me is really annoying for the game because how many challenges do they have I think I think you get oh man I want to say you get I know you get one I want to say two and maybe you lose them if you get them wrong I may I think maybe you, you retain it if you get your challenge right but so double check that but where it's annoying is like just a routine ground ball guys busting out of the box close play at first base no scoring play nothing close play and every single close play like that you see the dugout going putting their hand up and going hold on telling their runner don't come off the field yet because they got a guy that's looking at it Right. To decide if they want to challenge it. And then they go, and he comes in. Okay. You know, they wave him off, or they decide to challenge it. Right. Which, if you're going to get a chance to watch the play and then challenge it, most of the time, the managers are right. There's certain ones where they maybe shouldn't challenge. They just do it just to do it because they need to use it. Use it, right. But, like, you, sh- if you, <laughs> you have guys watching the replay, you, I just don't. That part I don't necessarily like. Whereas like in football, I mean, you get to see it on the big jumbotron, but you don't have somebody just sitting there. Well, I guess they do up in the booth. But you don't get to see the exact play the way they do. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I like how they do that. On scoring plays and home runs, yeah, I feel like if they're borderline, they they should review them no matter what. You shouldn't have to challenge or anything. You should just review it. But just regular plays at first base, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just annoying. Like, well, don't come off the field. So that and it's that almost makes the game go longer. So you know, just, there's no time limit on how long they can look at the damn thing. So they can just challenge basically like uh, home runs or scoring plays, boundaries, mm-hmm. like up a line, yep. catches. Yeah, I think they can challenge, challenge catches. catches. Like the play at first, yep. obviously. Or obviously, any base. Like no challenging of balls and strikes or anything like that. Can they replay um, like if a player might have missed a, t- a base? Yes. Okay. I don't know about... Yeah, I think they can. Okay. Maybe. I don't know about like if they... You're saying like a guy's running around the bases and he yeah, misses and he second misses and gets over to third? Right. Maybe. I'm not sure. I've never seen that one. Hmm. So I'm not sure if they can do that or not. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. Okay. I just remember in the beginning they were very they were trying to limit it as as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's where they went to the, just having the one. The one. Okay. But I don't know. I mean it's I think it's helping. I think it's helping. You want to get those right. There have been some plays that before they had replay where you could go back. Like I remember there was a pitcher, I think his name was Oh man, his last name I think was Galarraga, but he pitched for the Tigers, and a blown call at first base cost him like either a no hitter or a perfect game, and it was in the ninth inning. Okay. And the umpire after the game was just like, "I missed it." 
Dang. I missed it. I just missed it. Uh-huh. That's all. I just missed it. And if you had replay, oh, I think I he'd, have had, he'd have had his perfect game or, right. or no hit or whatever it was. But so, I mean, it, you can see where it's necessary. I just sometimes it slows the game down. It just muddles it up too much when we're looking at every single close. There's a lot of bang bang plays in baseball. Yeah, and so yeah. it just kind of, it's like, oh, okay, let's see. Let's see if they're going to replay. It just kind of gets old. <laughs> sometimes I wonder what kind of footage they get. Because a lot of times we'll see footage on TV and be like, it's a no-brainer. Right. Well, they'll be under the hood for uh, you know five minutes. Like, are we not seeing the same right, footage? Right, right, right. That happens a lot on tag plays. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't. I think it's probably a mixed bag. I think it helps and it hurts. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's all I have for my my regular questions. Sure. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and attack these uh, unwritten rules Mm -hmm. of baseball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of them. A lot lot of them. them. A lot of weird things. We're not going to go through all of them because there's quite a few, but just a couple that stands out. All right? We'll be back with more on Balls Don't Lie. Let's go. Welcome back to Balls Don't Lie. And today we're talking about baseball and its many layers. Mm-hmm. From a player, a person who doesn't watch a lot of baseball. I play though. Mm-hmm. Get me out there, boy. We can get it in, you know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but I don't watch a lot. So the game is changing a little bit. But tradition usually stands in baseball. So we're going to go through some unwritten rules. A few that I saw on the internet. And we'll go through them. Some of them are no-brainer. Some of them are somewhat questionable to mm-hmm. me. All right. Uh, well, the first one, it says, don't automatically swing at the first pitch. Eh, of course. Yeah. That's a, right. Why would why you automatically even, swing at it? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this one says, don't swing if you're ahead of the count 3-0 unless, and it says, if you think you can take it over the fence. Sure. Mm, yeah, it's be, I guess it's based on circumstance. Circumstance. And how in the good game you are, really. And who the hitter is. Yeah, who the hitter is. Yeah. But that is going to be the meatiest pitch you're going to see all game, more yeah. than likely. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you're Barry Bonds or any of those guys, you always have the green light. Yeah. If you're, uh, you know, the guy hitting 225 and you're, you know, <laughs> you, you, no, you just get on base. You just try to get that walk. Yeah. Back. Please. Uh, don't steal bases when you have a lead. What? You said what? Yeah. Are you serious? This <laughs> no. is one of those things. <laughs> what? If you have a lead or a huge lead, there's the question. I would, I think both, really. You don't want to get, look, you don't give away outs. One of the biggest things about baseball is, like, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I tell this all the time. Let's say you have your pitcher, he's throwing really good, he's getting ground balls, and you have two kids make errors. Now your pitcher has to get five outs in one inning. Right. Okay? So on the flip side of that, offense, you don't want to give outs away unless you have like a Ricky Henderson. or Again, this probably depends on who's on base. Yeah, has to You know, be. you're in a close game. If you're trying to extend that lead and you have one of the best base stealers in the league on your team, yeah, he's going. Um in the, in the instance of, like, a huge lead, there is a little running up the score type of thing. Understood. You know, some of that type of stuff. But as far as being in a close game, you just – unless you have a guy that you know is going to get there, you, you just don't want to give outs away because you're – those are the most valuable things, your outs. You get 27 of them, and you don't want to give them away, and you don't want to give the team extra. Let's say you try to steal two bases with some guys. Maybe they get thrown out. Okay, well, now it's a stupid out. So now you're down to 25 outs that you have. And let's say you made two errors. Well, they got 29 outs to work with, and you got 25. That puts you at a huge disadvantage in scoring runs. They have four more outs than you. So all those things, they all add up, and that's really what it is. I understand that. It really it all depends on who's on base, yeah. I guess. And yeah, but to have it as a rule that you just don't do it at all, it's kind of – Yeah, I'm not sure I understand it's that. It's kind of crazy. You know, obviously it depends on who's on base. You're not going to send somebody who's mediocre speed to steal a base regardless. Right. But like you said, if you got Ricky on the base. Right. You send that dude. Yeah, you're going. You're <laughs> Go going. ahead and send that. Especially yeah. in a one or two point lead. Like, 
We gotta extend this lead. Right. But anyways, uh vice versa, don't steal if you're too far behind. Same same principle. Same principle. Yeah, I can kinda understand that one. Because yeah. if you're you say you're five runs behind. Yeah. That guy getting the second base, eh, it doesn't really help you that much. You need the outs. Yeah. You need you need, you know, like a two run home run obviously helps you a lot more than a guy getting the second, second. and whatever. So again, it's just not it's just about not giving up your outs. Right. That's all it is. Uh, another one, stay in the dugout after being pulled from a game. I like that. Yeah, me Keep too. Keep your ass in there so you can see what's going on. Yeah. yeah you don't get to go back to the locker room just because you got get, pulled. Hit the showers. Yeah, yeah. Nah, forget Start, that shit. Yeah, take their post-game dump. And so do they say that for the entire game or you got to stick out the inning? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've never been to big league clubhouse to have the opportunity to, like, disappear into a clubhouse. It's always like, if you go to the dugout, you're just in the you're dugout. You're just in the dugout. You know, so... It's hard to tell those guys, but I think it it sends a good message if they if they can stay in dugout. Okay. All right. This next one. Don't make the first out on third base. Yep. Explain that to me. Uh I need third, context. Second base is scoring position as much right. as third, third base is. So if you're not for sure you're getting to third, there's really no reason to go there. Because you're in scoring position already at second base. Now Yeah, I mean that's pretty uh, much it. it. It's don't the same. try to it's get the, the hard thing. out. Yeah, get the don't, easiest out. You don't can. don't give outs. Right. It's just don't give away outs, especially if you're already in scoring position. Understood. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> All right, this one's funny to me. Don't talk <laughs> about a no hitter <laughs> during, during a yeah. no hitter. <laughs> that's the golden rule. That's the golden rule. Yeah. Understood. I guess. Even know. though everybody knows it's going on. Yeah. I have been in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on a couple teams where a guy threw a no hitter, no hitter. Mm-hmm. I threw I threw a one hitter in my life. Okay. But I was on on a couple teams where a guy it was actually the same guy, two oh. different teams. Um and yeah, you don't talk about it. And they don't I mean obviously everybody knows it's going on. Right. But and also you don't talk about it until late in the game. Late in the game. Like if you're in the fourth inning, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 a lot of guys have no hitters. You start getting up in the seventh, eighth. Right. And obviously then you're looking at going, Okay, something's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, you know. It's a jinx. Uh, it's thing. a jinx, yeah. Uh-huh. Baseball is a very superstitious sport. What's the thing they do when they turn up the hats upside down? Is that the rally, rally hats? cap? Oh, yep. rally cap. Rally cap. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Never bunt to break up a no hitter. Yeah. I can understand that on a respect level, you know. It's bush league. Yeah, it is. It's bush league. Yeah, I get it. If you're in a, if you're, look, you're dude. trying to win the game. Let's say, I think this applies for me more when it's like, when it's let's not say the game. team throwing the no hitter is up like five nothing and you're in like the ninth inning. Right. You really, you're going to break this thing up with a bunt. Right. That doesn't even help you. If you're in a close game, let's say it's like a one nothing game. To me, all bets are off. If you need to bunt to get on base, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're playing a blowout and you're in the last inning of no hitter, just go out there and try to hit the ball, or, you know. Right. I, I I don't I don't like it in that instance, but a close game you get on base however you need to. However you need to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't have much beef with that one, even though I always say you know I'm here to win no matter how it is. Even though it's hard to get a run in baseball, so if you're down five nothing, and I'm the first batter, if I gotta get on base, I might try to bunt. I'm sorry. But if you got one or two outs and it's just looking super bleak, respect. Get your no hitter player, or <laughs> yeah. strike strike yeah. me out. You got to strike. Yeah, me that's out. what I'm saying. Beat me, beat yeah, me. Right. Like I'm I'm coming up here trying to hit. I, right. I don't. You know, that's when you're looking at those. You know, like you were saying with the intentional walk, it's kind of the opposite where it's the hitter at this point. Right. You know, the the bunt to me is kind of the the hitter trying to take that intentional walk, give True. himself a walk. True. In that instance, so I, you know, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what that one means. Never walk in front of the catcher. I think they're saying don't cross the plate, basically. If you're a righty and you're coming from the left dugout, don't yeah, you walk, go behind. You go behind. I I think sure. that's being cheesy. You know, I don't I'm not sure about that one. Who cares? <laughs> Please. Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's just being, that seems that's being petty and dumb. Yeah. But okay. Baseball, you can have it your way. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Don't show up your teammates 
I mean, I don't think that should be an unwritten rule at all. That should be in all sports. That's a rule in every sport. Yeah, you know, don't down your your teammates for a mistake. That's yeah, not, I'm not sure about that. Doesn't I don't think that's that not be a baseball un, unwritten rule. No, <laughs> don't over celebrate a strikeout. Okay, I wonder what they classify as over celebration though. I've seen some some hype pictures yeah. giving the Tiger Woods fist. Uh, fist pumps and stuff. I would say when it's more directed directly at the player. Directly at the player, you can probably get that get that problem. Okay, I guess that's. Or I mean, it could just be to act like you've been there before. I'm, I'm guessing on this list will be don't over celebrate the home run because yeah. a lot of people are you know like with the bat flip. Yeah, that's the next one. So don't ever over celebrate a home run. Part of it is just act like you've been there before. It's one thing to celebrate. Some of these guys stand at that plate for five seconds and watch the damn ball and do their bat flip. And I think that is – I just – I don't like that in any sport necessarily, not just baseball. Um, but showing up your opponent, it, it's it's basically that's all it is, is showing up your opponent. I mean, that'd be like, you know, uh, Adrian Pearson breaking off a big run – and then running back to all the defensive linemen and just like doing some shit in their face or you know something like that. I don't know how to mm. equate it. You see it in basketball a lot, kind of the oh I just jade in your face and you get the little stare or the little mm-hmm. look or the whatever. You see right. it. Basketball is a little different. It's a little more. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how to say it. As far as like, it, there's more trash talking in basketball. It's part. Yeah, it's, it's kind of part of the, of the game. game. Yeah. But baseball, yeah, just showing up. It, I think you get the fine line between celebrating and, and showing up to your opponent hmm. with both of those. A lot of the old guys don't like all the bat flips and and all that kind of stuff. I kind of part of it to me is just they're having fun. A lot of these a lot of the best players in baseball right now are young. It's a great time in baseball for young superstar talent. And I think you're just kind of seeing a new era of baseball come through and you're seeing a lot of the old timers not liking some of that stuff. And you know me. I'm kind of like I said. I mean, I'm kind of mixed on it. There's times when I think it's overboard, and there's times when it just looks like celebrating. Oh man, I don't know how to feel about this one. First of all, I love the good. If I was to get a home run, I'm watching every inch of that ball go over the fence. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, yeah. I might not stand on the plate until it gets there, but I'm gonna walk until it crosses the the home run line. And then I'm going to trot around the field. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with that. The bat flip. So what? If you don't flip it at somebody, you know, if you flip it where the bat boy is supposed to get the ball, you <laughs> yeah. know, a bat, I don't see any problem with it. You got to have fun when you do it. Nobody, Nobody's robots. This is still an extra competitive sport. Yeah. If you're hitting home runs. You're probably competing against some other people to see who gets the most home runs, you know, who gets the most hits, who gets the most strikeouts. You know, I don't if I strike somebody out, I might not glare at them, but I'm a fist pump, mm-hmm. especially if it's a big strikeout. You know, yeah, might get a jump in or whatever. I'm not going to point at nobody. I'm not going to look at the other bench and try to incite a riot in baseball, clear the bases, uh, clear the uh, dugouts. But I want to celebrate it. I won. I don't yeah. care how long I've been here. <laughs> it's still exciting to win. Yeah. I think <clears throat> just that. There's just, some. There's certain guys though, and I can. Th- I think of this in terms of like touchdown celebrations, mm-hmm. um, and certain guys that didn't. Like you'd never see. Uh, I'm gonna call him. <laughs> I'm gonna call him what Bamani Jones calls him, but Harvin Marison. Because he doesn't like saying his name on the his real name on, the, on the. <laughs> so like Harvin Marison, you never right. saw him nope. celebrating shit. No, nope. he just did it. Like right. that's I do this on the I, this is what I do. That's why I, you know. Right. There's something to be said about that. There's a guy on the uh, mm. well, Chris Bryant on the Cubs. He hits a ball and he puts his head down and he, he runs, runs. Right. and he runs around the bases and there's just something about that that I like. Just in terms of like a professionalism and like like I'm supposed to do that shit. Right. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hit the ball and I hit a home run. I'm supposed to right. do that, so I run around the bases that way. Like, 
I think it just goes to personality types. You it have is. a lot of guys like Javi Baez is like the flashiest dude you're ever going to see in baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to celebrate the shit out of the stuff that he does. And I don't blame him. Because if I was that good, I might be doing it too. But I also don't have the personality that he has. Right. I'm not necessarily flamboyant and you know showy like that. Like that's mm-hmm. just not my thing. So I think it just plays into that. And it's mm-hmm. just and it's I don't not like Javi for it. He's one of my favorite players. I enjoy the hell out of watching him. Um, if I could have my pick, I'd say just run around the bases. But I don't have an issue with them celebrating the way he celebrates. Right. It all depends. It's just all about being appropriate. Yeah. You celebrate the appropriate ones. You know, every home run is not created equal, obviously. Right. Every strikeout's not created equal. Every jump shot, every person you splash in their face is not created equal. If I shoot in Jordan's face and I make it, I'm celebrating. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to yeah. celebrate if I shoot it over Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. It's just not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. So, that's true. You know, football celebration is the same way. If you're losing and you score a touchdown and celebrate, and you know you can't win that game, I hate that with a passion. Mm-hmm. I see it on the Steelers all the time. It's not even the touchdowns. The f- it's celebrating the big hit after the running back has scored, uh, ran nine yards right. close to the first down, and yeah. you got the hit. You stand up and flex on them. Right, good job. You gave up nine yards first. Though. Good job. Why are you flexing? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? So, yeah, I understand. I like the been there, done that guys. Larry Fitzgerald and folks like that mm-hmm. that don't celebrate. I love it. Yeah. Business as usual. Yeah, that's yeah, I understand yeah, it. That's what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Well, and so. like you were saying, you don't mind the bat flip and the look, they can bat flip all they want. They just have to understand next time you come up, we're gonna, we're gonna, inside, talk, about, we're gonna talk about that too. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay. So uh next one, uh let's see. The bean ball. Yep, okay. I need, I need you I need you to talk about this for me. Okay. Please. Like where I stand on it? Yes. Because I'm all for it. Look. My... I don't know if he wants me to say this. When I was... Uh, my dad played baseball. Mm-hmm. He was drafted. He ended up hurting his knee. Um, but growing up, you know, he was like my... You know, my baseball... Uh, my baseball Buddha. I'd go, you know... Right. Anyways, he come watch a game, and I, I pitched, he pitched, and whatever. And so, you know, <laughs> uh, I hope no one gets mad at this. When I was 14, my dad told me, if a guy squares around a bunt, hit him. <laughs> because the next time, he won't feel very comfortable squaring around a bunt. So I did it. <laughs> at 14. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's how I grew up with it. <laughs> right. I look, I when you're getting into like these guys are throwing 100 miles per hour, I understand hitting people. Um, you got to keep the ball down though, because you start, you know, guys get hit in the head, hit in the face. Now you're talking about some dangerous stuff. You can hit guys, those guys know how to put the ball below the belt. Um, but sometimes for effect, they, they get up high, up towards the head. That I don't like. Um, but yeah, look, you, I don't know. Again, it kind of comes down to scenarios. There's a lot of teams with some history. There's guys, certain players with history, no matter what team they're on, there's going to be some shit happen. Um, a lot of it centers around, 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 showing up the other team. That's what a lot of it is. And that's just part of baseball to me. That's part of baseball. Hitting people in the head doesn't need to be part of baseball. It doesn't need to be part of anything. But coming inside, pitching inside, Hitting guys in certain instances, even, you know, like, uh, you know, they hit our guy, we're hitting your guy. That happens all the time. Yeah. And to me, that's part of baseball. And it's kind of a way to keep those checks and balances. Oh, you want to you wanna take 30 seconds to run around the bases? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. See how comfortable you are running around the bases next time after you take one off the, off the hip or take one off the rib cage. Or you know whatever, I'm I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I like it actually. Yeah. <laughs> I threw at kids all the time in high school. <laughs> Not all the time, but like when the inst- when the when the scenario came up, it's just part. Yeah, you just do it. Okay. I mean, 
that's how you grew up with it, and I understand it. You know, I don't like it just because it's like it really is a part of baseball because they chose for it to be part of baseball, but <laughs> right. it has nothing to do with baseball. No, to, to be honest, if somebody is hitting home runs and you're mad about it, go and strike them out next time. Sure, that's how I look at it. Certain, sure. you know, if somebody hits my guy on purpose, yeah. You should be able to take a shot at their guy. Yeah, it just should be like that. Eye for an eye. Either that or just square up. I'm going to see you on the on the mound. One of the two. But it shouldn't even come to that in the first place. It still should be about basketball. I mean, baseball. Strike me out. Get a hit. However it goes. That's how I look at it. And especially how dangerous it is. Like you're talking about throwing 100 miles an hour. Taking a shot in the ribs. At 100 miles an hour is no joke. <laughs> no, that might not. be a cracked rib. Could that be. could be all type of stuff. And especially if it's a guy who had nothing to do with it. Right. That's where it sucks. Yeah. You know, if I'm next up in the lineup and I'm just there to take a ball, it's like, and I can't even touch it. Like, <laughs> right. I got to act like it didn't hurt. Right. Like, are you serious? I'm not feeling that. I might fight my guy. Like, I'm not taking a ball. I, obviously, I'm going to take the ball because I'm a team player, but... I'm going to see you after the game, too, for yeah. doing whatever you did. That happens, too. Because you get that same it. thing where the guy's like, I'm not, so now I got to go up here. It's, you get the same shit uh-huh. that hap- that causes problems on certain teams. It, absolutely. It goes it goes both ways. You can't just be stupid out here with it. Yeah. There's times when it it's... It's out of control sometimes. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. But it is part of the rule. I mean, unwritten rules. <laughs> well, look, and it you is. look if you like fighting in hockey. Like, there's guys that stand so close to the damn plate. Yeah. And it's like, look, I part of it to me pitching up and in to a guy who's crowding the plate. I got to fight for more real estate on this plate. I need yeah. the whole plate back. I understand that. So I might have to back you off. He's gonna go every time. He's gonna go stand right back in the same spot, but he may not be quite as comfortable. Right. At least in that particular at bat. And baseball is one of those games where there's um, so many games within the game. Yes. At every position, there's a game within the game. Yeah. And it happens on every single pitch. Mm-hmm. Every single pitch. So if you can change the tone of just that one at bat, it may be something that matters. Right. So it's, sometimes it's intentional just to do it that way. Sometimes... I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. it's just part of it. It's just part of it. Yeah, like I said, my whole beef with it is all about intentions. You know, if you get hit, you're standing too close to the plate. You just got hit. Right. But if you're throwing the ball to hit somebody, it's a different story. Right. It's like killing somebody. Right. You know, it's all about what the motive was. Right. You, you, <laughs> it really is, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's the total difference in uh, killing somebody. Right. They come in your house. And you're defending and yourself. Defending yourself. Right. You still killed him. Right. But that's but not the same as... It's not the same as you going... Breaking into someone's house. Breaking into somebody's <laughs> right. house and killing them. You right. know? So, it's, right. that's all it is. It's, that's the difference. But. Yeah. But I think it's more of the... I think, again, it's more of the older generation, old school, that's kind of more on board with the hidden the, people. Right. And that's kind of evidenced by, you know, how my dad looked at it. Right. That's how That was part of it. You know, they square around a bunt, hit them. See right. how comfortable they see. And he's saying this about 14-year-old kids. So, <laughs> he's old he was super yeah, old school yeah. yeah but i mean that's that's you know when you take the mound you got to be tough it's not for you got to get there's a lot of resiliency that you have to have it's a tough position yes it is you're dealing with success or failure on every single batter and you're dealing with guys so i mean every every little bit of toughness every little bit of advantage you can get you're yeah. you, that's where you're you're looking for that right you're looking for it I mean, you got all kinds of things happening now with baseball guys trying to steal signs, teams coming up with very elaborate schemes to steal signs. Um, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's just, there's, baseball is a very nuanced um, a lot of onion. game. A and, lot of layers to that onion. Yeah, there really is. And that's, that's what, if, it's almost like you had to, I hate to say you needed to play it to be able to watch it on TV. It's, that's very true, but, but I think it is true, it is and I think that's true. what you'd find. I would like to ask people. I mean, I would say majority of people that watch baseball played it. Not necessarily people only on TV, not at the baseball stadium, right? 
because that's a whole different that's a, thing. just an experience. But if you're time. able to sit down and watch a baseball game for three and a half, four hours, yeah, you play. Baseball. Chances are you probably play baseball yeah. because you have a little more, you know, um, I won't say respect or whatever, but appreciation for what's happening on every single pitch and every single yeah. thing. The layers, the the, the layers, the, the the mini games inside the game. Well, and that's why I told. You know, when Ethan was starting to play baseball, uh-huh. I thought it would be a good game for him because he's so intelligent. Right. And baseball is such a thinking person's game because, let's say, you know, you could be playing left field mm-hmm. and there's a runner on first base. Where do I go with the ball if it's hit here? Where do I go if it's hit here? What if it's not even hit to me? Where do I go then? Every single pitch, right. you have to be thinking of all the, scenarios all the scenarios that could possibly happen, and that way you know what to do when one of those scenarios happens. So... The fact that there's something happening on every single pitch, to me, makes baseball such a thinking thinking person's game. Chess, not checkers. Exactly. It is. Chess, not checkers. And that's one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things I feel like I'm in that, you know, it's like being in a club, like, ooh, I know what's going on here. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I see some of these people or some of these, you know, parents of kids that I'm coaching, and it's like... Some of them, it's like you guys, you just, you have no idea what you're looking at. You didn't play, you know, and and that's okay. Right. But when I'm watching, you know, like when I go to a major league baseball field or a stadium and I watch a game, and I'm watching guys, I see the same shit that I was doing. Mm-hmm. They're just better at it, right. <laughs> and they're, and they're yeah. bigger than me. Right. That's the thing that's alarming about baseball. They're all huge. They are huge. They're huge. I went, one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life, and I've been in training rooms with NFL players, was uh, Moise Salou. He played for the Cubs. Wow. He was the the left fielder when the Bartman thing happened. Bartman, yeah. Yep. Uh, He's one of the most giant people I've ever seen. And he he was like 6'5". But just something about him was just like he, like his hat size had to be like 13. (laughs) He just looked like the biggest person ever. But you look at, if you go and you look at the roster, uh, when you're looking through the program that they always hand out to you, right? You try to find someone under six feet. I dare you. There may be one, and it's not on every team, right? Like Jose, that's what makes Jose Altuve so crazy for the Astros. Yeah, he is tiny, very, and he has so much pop. Was he like five, seven? six, or seven? Yeah, okay. He's tiny. He's smaller than me. To have that pop and the bat speed and the skill to be able to play. You are so good. Very Imagine good. if he was six four, right? <laughs> type of thing. So, but when you you're playing with giants, it's just yeah. easier. It's easier to throw a ball far when you're. I, I think the way to think of it, for people listening, if you go to a little league field and you're let's say you're five foot two because you're a kid, that field seems big. Yeah. All it takes is getting to be like five six, and that field looks small. Right. Well, then you go up to the pony field and it gets bigger. And then when you're 14, that field feels... When you first get on it, it's big. When you're 14, it's small. When you're 15 and you get onto the high school field, which are mostly the same size, you know, with different variations as like a major league field. Right. It's, it's big again. But then if you start getting up to where you're like 6'5", that field looks pretty small. Right. It looks a lot smaller to that guy than it does to me. So you just imagine how that how much easier that makes the game for those guys. Man. And it's it'd be like putting me on a pony league field. Right. And just watching me go. And that's how they feel when they're on those fields. It's and it's they're just giants. And people don't ah man, I don't know. There's a lot about baseball that people uh take for granted. Take for granted and don't yeah. really see how good of athletes some of these guys are. And don't get me wrong, some of them don't look like they're in good shape. They're specifically in shape for one thing. If they don't look like they're in shape, right? It's usually like a relief pitcher or something like that, um, or like a corner infielder. Sometimes won't look like they're in too good of shape, but for the most part, they're in pretty good shape. And uh, it takes a crazy amount of athleticism and and skill. But uh, yeah, the thinking part is definitely something that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, they are some big human beings, though. It goes with pretty much most of these yeah. sports, though. Yeah. You get kind of <clears throat> thrown off when you see them all together because everybody looks the same size, so you can't really tell how tall somebody is. But, yeah, there's some big boys out here. Uh, I guess it was one more, but it's kind of stupid. Let the center fielder get the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand it. He's usually the most athletic. And just avoid that collision. 
because there's been some horrific collisions. Yeah. You know, but I don't think that should be an unwritten rule. I actually don't think it is. I'm wondering who made that list because I'm not sure. <laughs> no, there's a lot of these are on the. On, yeah. I've seen a official list uh, on the. It was a. 87 almanac baseball almanac it had like 30 of them on there yeah I'm like some of these are stupid of course right i'll show it to you when we get well i mean out. like there's certain instances where that's going to be such an obvious thing let's just interfere to get the ball but like i guess it's it when de- it's a, it, like it also know. depends on the handedness of the players and what direction the ball is being hit like for example if i'm going into the right center gap and there's a runner on let's say first base if that ball, so now I, I, you know, so it's going in between the right fielder and the center fielder. Yeah. If if my center fielder is running towards his left, but he's left-handed. Right. And my right fielder is running towards his right, and he's right-handed. The momentum of those, depending on where the ball is, obviously this isn't an exact thing, but there's times when wherever that guy's momentum is going. Depending the on the handedness, mm-hmm. the guy's going to be able to make an easier throw depending on where the ball is taking him, what direction it's taking him, what hand is he. If my right fielder is left-handed and he's running towards his right and he has to go catch a ball, now he's got to do a weird spin, get on his balance to throw the ball with his left hand. But if he's right-handed, he pretty much doesn't have to do anything. He just goes, catches the ball, makes one stop, stop. pop, throw the ball. It's just – so. I'm not sure how late in the center fielder get the ball in certain. I mean, it, it's all based on position, where the position, ball is. handedness. Is there anybody on base? All kinds. I mean, again, this lot. is what we're talking about. Nuance. This is all the nuances <laughs> of of baseball that that go into it. I mean, it's just there's so much there. It should be all always call for the ball though. Oh, absolutely. Always absolutely. call for the ball. That should be it, because I've almost ran into a few players in my day <laughs> yeah. playing center field, and yeah. I know. Yeah. But I think that's about it. I have one more question, and uh, it was about Kyler Murray. What do you think? Did he make the right decision? I know he only has 72 hours to back out of his uh, draft consideration. Yeah, so. I don't know. I Look, I think, to me, it kind of seems like it would be smart of him to do this to leverage the A's for more money. More money, right. If I'm Kyler Murray's agent, I'm doing this exact thing. If you're talking about career earning potential, baseball it's not even close. Baseball is hands down the winner. He's a top 10 pick. Those are your Javi Baez's. Those are your Chris Bryant's. Those are your Manny Machado's. Those are you know all of the best players. They're all top 10 picks. Right. Not all of them. I mean, some of them come out of nowhere and whatever, but... Usually, you're you're that kind of pick. You have a bright future in baseball. I, you know, there's also the part of me though where you can say, well, maybe he tries football for three years and he can always go back to baseball. He's a young kid. You can always do it that way. You're not necessarily going to be able to try baseball only and then go back to football. football. So, I don't know. I guess it depends. It comes down to what he loves more. I hear a lot of people say, well, maybe he just loves football more than baseball. Maybe it's because it's Oakland. Maybe it's because, I don't know. But I wouldn't be shocked if they're just using this as a way to leverage more money out of Oakland. Because I think that's where, if you're looking at career earning potential, it's it's baseball, not even close. Okay. So I don't know. I, I mean, I just... I think he's... Well, I don't... I, I didn't see Kyler Murray play either one of them. I don't watch a lot of college football. I know he's good, but... But... I tiny. think he's very tiny. What, 5'8", 5'9"? 5'9", I think. 5'9". That's hard to be as a quarterback. It's <laughs> very yeah. hard. But I mean, they're saying, well, maybe you can scheme scheme for his strengths and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, you have to stand in the pocket. Yeah. I mean, you can do all that stuff in college. And he can, he can throw from the pocket. It's not like he's a midget and he can't see anything. But I think what it just comes down to is that it's unprecedented being that high. Doug Flutie was like the last guy that was that small. Yeah, he was. So you're just talking about it just doesn't happen that often. How tall is Breeze? I know he's six, six foot. He's six. six Russell foot. Wilson's 5'11". Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you can do it. I don't know what the difference two inches makes. I mean, it's whatever. Not, I but don't know about, Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Is he is he really that good of a... It's just hard to tell now in college. You have Like we were talking about, the game's just kind of changed so much where... Right. 
those those high powered offenses where they just throw the ball around all over the place. Those usually weren't the quarterbacks they were getting drafted. It was usually right. the guys coming from pro pro, pro style systems. systems. Right. Yeah. So when I see it's hard for me to know anymore because like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't have assumed he would have been successful simply because of that whole thought process in my head that the guys from those offenses just. But the game is changing, so maybe they can find a way to make it work with them. I don't know. Okay. But mm. money-wise, I would say go baseball. But you got to love baseball to play baseball. Yes. So do. if he doesn't have that passion for baseball, it's just something that he's good at, but he has that passion for football, then go play football, man. Right. Go play football. you got to do whatever your passion is what to they be offer successful. $4 million? What was it, $4 million contract? Yeah, the and they're trying to figure out a way to work it around so he can get more money. Because of this, because they're competing with him going to the NFL, yeah, um, he would make more up front playing in football. Yeah, like depending on where he's drafted, obviously. But then he has to go through all the, the what do you call them, the farm systems in yep. baseball. So minor yep. league, whatever, high progresses. Yeah. So he wouldn't even go straight to a, a, a roster spot in the majors right away. No, but he'd feel like it because whatever signing bonus he'd get would, he wouldn't be living like a minor leaguer. He'd yeah, be, as far as money wise, he would. He'd be getting millions up front. Yeah. So. But the lifestyle. But the is, lifestyle. The lifestyle is totally different. Yeah. You're playing in little bunk towns. Yeah. You know, you're living that minor league life. Yeah. You're just going to have a lot more fillet mignet than, <laughs> yeah. your, than your homies. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be picking up the, the bills at the bar. Yeah. For sure. Man, you're picking up all the bills. Yeah. But that's, again, that's just. That's the life. Everybody does it. There has not been players that just. Well, King Griffey Jr. was. Uh, there's been some eighteen. <laughs> there's been some eighteen year olds. Andrew Jones for the Braves, uh, I believe he was like eighteen or nineteen. There's been, there's been a couple, but again, just the the standard. That's just baseball. You're gonna go through the farm system. That's right. just how it is. Um, but those guys go through farm systems too. They just do it faster. Like there's nobody that's just been drafted out of high school and they just be put on a major league field. Right. You might be high school age. But you've gone through whatever checks and balances they need you to go through to see if you can perform at that level. Okay. So, you know, it, yeah. it's just part of it. If I was him, I'd, I mean, loving baseball, I'd do the baseball thing. But, you know, because look, if I could play for the Oakland A's in, let's say, two years versus play for, I mean, he's not probably going to be a high first-round pick. They've talked about him being a first-round pick. But who knows what city you're going to. Right. I mean, where where do I want to be in California, or do I want to, you know, play for the Bengals? And since like I don't, <laughs> like I, I think I'd rather go play for <laughs> play for the A's. I have no idea. I I wouldn't. I don't know. The minor league system, it's just a long process. But I would like uh, all my head function when I get old too. So right, there's that aspect <laughs> of it as well. Yeah, I I don't I don't really know. I told you I. I ain't gonna say his name on air, but I talked to the radio guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says a lot of issues going on with these NFL players, head wise. Like, man, makes me question a lot about football. A lot of decision making these football players players make. You know, you see, uh, you know, dumb decisions. You know, hitting girls and all that stuff. These dudes going crazy out here. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I don't yeah. know. That's another conversation we can have too, because yeah. I would like to get you know said player uh, on the show mm-hmm. at some point. I just don't want to put his name out there. Yeah, for sure. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be very cool. He's a, a former NFL guy though, yes. and yes. Uh, played just, I think five years in the league, four years. Yeah, it was a safety, right? Yeah. I think he was ready to safety. Yeah, safety. Um, but uh, yeah, he's going through some concussion stuff and dealing with the repercussions of playing the game yeah and uh all that stuff but yeah it's a you know his was more of a time when they were kind of hiding it or not necessarily disclosing all the information to the player Uh now it's different because the players are choosing to play and they know everything and they're still choosing yeah to play so uh, to me that changes it a little bit a little bit yeah as far as you know how i feel about in terms of I don't want to say feeling bad or not, but just they're mm-hmm. assuming the risk. You know, you go mountain climbing, you might fall off the mountain. Yeah. You play oh, football, yeah. now they know you might have yeah. head issues, uh, brain issues that affect you your whole life. 
Right. Or maybe lead, you know, some of these guys that's led them to end their lives. Right. So, and they're, they're choosing to do it. And I understand why for a lot of them. And I, you know, but yeah, it's hard for me to, with the guys now that know, again, not to say feel bad because I'm never going to not have any feeling about a guy who's turned into a cripple when he's in his forties, but it just makes it a little different since they're choosing. Yeah, I mean, and I'd like to talk to him about that same thing. Definitely about choice. Yeah, you know. it really is on upon everybody else. <clears throat> Not, uh, I shouldn't say that. How we deal with whatever they're going through, or how they're dealing with it, giving them the proper tools, and uh, revealing all that can happen with head injuries and what's the possibilities, how the brain works, and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. obviously, it's the most unknown. Part of the body is kind of most one of the biggest mysteries in the universe, the yeah. mind. If they can, I mean, they locate it with certain portions function as what and what and what. And I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. I would love to have a conversation with said player, but we'll see. Yeah. Once that cool. happens, Something you guys mean. will be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something it'll be, to, awesome. it'll be huge. That'd be a huge thing. But awesome. Well, I guess that's. Yeah. Ed, I think I got everything out that I needed. I appreciate all your insight. Obviously, guys, I do play baseball, but I just don't watch a lot anymore. So it's like, it's a lot that goes on in baseball. My brother just helped me uh, get caught up to the year 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get caught up a little bit too. Some of it is, the game is changing, I think, with yeah. the younger players coming through. And um, you are starting to see kind of changing of thought process on some things. And, it's interesting to see it. Mm-hmm. And again, baseball kind of goes in cycles, so we'll see if anything goes back to the way it was or whatever. And, you know, yeah, it's 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 fun. But it's a game that I feel like is underappreciated by most. Oh, yeah. Um, and kind of gets discounted a little bit on the in the whole sports world anyways. Um, kind of plays second fiddle to the footballs and basketballs of the world. And, and I understand it, but um, just as great of a game, so... Absolutely. I'm glad we could. Uh, I appreciate you wanting to wanting to have some of these this conversation because you know, this is uh, this is something that you know I can't have this conversation on a regular Stephen by myself because that just sounds weird. <laughs> Let me ask all these questions and I'll answer them for myself. <laughs> but uh, you know it's fun. It's fun. So I'm glad you wanted to wanted to do this. And uh, stay tuned because we will do more things baseball related. Obviously, the baseball season is coming up. I promise you, I will sit down with you and watch some of these games. Um, I would like to become more familiar with the league as far as all the players involved. Definitely the Cubs. You know, I like to cheer for your teams. I don't want you to be walking around feeling mad and all that stuff. You know, I want to know why my yeah. guy's over here with the scrunched up face because yeah. his Cubs blew a lead or whatever or, or you yeah. know, whatever it is. But I want to definitely watch games and we're going to go to a game for sure. Absolutely. So you guys will definitely witness all this. You will hear my voice on some of these Regular Steven shows. Yep. Talking, so, talking Cubbies. Yes. And so. once again, I do know baseball. Yes, he knows baseball more I than he's know. asking these things. This <laughs> list was not necessarily a list that he created. It was just a list that was kind of found. Um, yes. And just kind of going through it that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We got game over here. Absolutely. Like Jesus shall work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like always, please follow us on Twitter. Soon to be Instagram at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That is Balls with a Z. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please like, share, subscribe. Please chime in, give us feedbacks. We would love to hear from you. And like always, regular Steven, what do the balls say? The balls, they don't lie. Even if that curveball or that changeup, it might feel like a damn lie. Because it looks like something else. But it wasn't. It didn't lie, okay? <laughs> neither do I, and neither does this guy. You better know that. Later, dudes. All right, guys.